You know, it's funny. Um, the last, I don't know, I feel like the last two to six months worth of analog, every time we get on the horn, there's definitely an agenda, but uh, I, I feel like it's getting less and less rigid with each passing episode. Because well, because it's, the, I mean, honestly, like the show is now, we said this before, is like just about what we're up to. But mm-hmm. like the whole world is crumbling down around us. Indeed, I have a, I have a horrifying thought for you. Oh, I, great. I thought I had this thought a couple of days ago. We have two more episodes of this show until the presidential election has happened. Oh my god! Two. I can't handle two this. episodes. There's this one, then we've got the October one, and then the November one. And so the November one will either be just before or just after there is apparently an election of some description. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Do you remember do you remember our last election episode? Do you remember that? Uh, I, I remember being We recorded like idiots on the day. Oh, and did we, we were like, oh. nah, it's not gonna happen. Oh god. What morons! I I also remember the uh, the holiday party that Gruber and and Merlin did mm-hmm. subsequent to the election, which I think was cathartic for me almost as much as it was for them. <laughs> but oh god! I if if there is if there is an election with a result before mid November, I will be stupefied because I think no matter how you slice it, this will be contested. And no matter how you slice it, it's going to be ugly. So, uh, I mean, like to put things in perspective, we're already jumping like to the bottom of the show notes, but here we are um, to put things in perspective. I have always, always, always gone to vote in person with the exception of like maybe once, I think something like that, because I might've been out of town or whatever. Um, but I've always gone to vote in person and I, I have never had a problem with that. It's always been pretty easy, especially given my job. I can do it darn near anytime I want. Mm-hmm. but. This year, I started down the path of, there's no freaking way I want to vote in person. I don't want to be around people. Are you kidding me? Get out of here with that nonsense. And so I've asked for an absentee ballot. But after I asked for it, I was like, well, wait a second. I have little to no confidence that the post office will deliver the absentee ballot. And moreover, that it'll get counted. And so now I'm trying to figure out, like, can I go vote in person early? You know. Like, do I stand in a really long line and hold like a yardstick in front and behind mm-hmm. me so nobody gets close or two yardsticks actually in front and behind me so nobody gets close to me? Like, mm-hmm. or I don't know, like make some sort of like, you know, uh, a Victorian era, like dress sort of contraption where I. Well, so like, the, I guess the, the benefit though is like polling places are typically small. I mean, I know that there's this thing about the stadiums, which is like a brilliant idea, um, like the NBA stadiums. They're mm-hmm. opening them up to be polling places. Yep. I think yep. that's like very clever. Uh, but the lines will be outside. So yes. you wouldn't necessarily have to worry about being in the line. Yes. And as it turns out, don't be creepy. Our voting place is actually a elementary school gymnasium. So sure. as rooms go, it's a fairly decent sized room. And even before all this nonsense, like everything was spaced out pretty well because voting is very private, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So I've been looking into, you know, other ways of voting, like perhaps going uh, early and in going to like our, our registrar, like Zach Knox in the chat said, and doing something where I'm still hand delivering it, just maybe not doing it around 11 billion people. And so I don't know what to do. Like it's, it's a mess. I'm extraordinarily skeptical that, 
I, I want to say I'm skeptical that if Trump loses, he will accept it. But to be honest with you, A, I'm not particularly convinced that Trump is going to lose. And B, I'm not so sure the Democrats, I mean, the Democrats tend to be big pansies and wimps, but the Democrats may not roll over even if there is a Trump victory. You know what I mean? And so I don't, it's just... It's just a mess. It's a mess everywhere. It's going to be a disaster, right? Like, no matter how it goes, it's going to be real messy. It will work itself out. I mean, you know, like, it could go either way. I mean, who can predict these things? But I feel like, you know, if he's going to lose, this is the best set of circumstances in which that's going to happen, right? So we'll see. But it's just wild to consider... uh, that we're so close to it again. Yeah, it's because it, scary. When this is this is that weird pandemic time problem. You know, like I read something about this recently where it's like this time period, this year, like 2020 to 2021, we will look back on it and be like that was a really short period of time because we're <laughs> all so confined to uh, either our homes or we're doing things minimally. Um, It actually compresses the time in our memory because we don't have things to go back and be like, oh, we did that, we did that, we did that. So when you think back on it, the time is fast. Like, honestly, it doesn't feel like I've been in this for very long, but we've done like six months. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's been that long to me. I know everyone is different and that's cool, but like, I feel like March was just like a stone's throw from here. So we will look back on it and be like, oh, that wasn't a very, very long time, which is like super strange thing to think about. Yeah, it's 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 wild. And I'm I'm very concerned about the election. Like I was concerned in 2016. I had a lot of friends who were extremely smug that Hillary was going to wipe the floor with him. Everything was going to be great. It's going to be great. And and also the concern for Trump was so far away from the actual situation mm-hmm. what we were you know like the worry people had and what has happened the scale of those two things are so dramatically different right mm-hmm. he is worse than i think we could have imagined can i can i tell you a little story that relates to this that we might yeah. have to, that we might have to cut out um mm-hmm. but i I have had a Facebook account since 2004. The fact that this is starting with Facebook, you know it's not a good story. Yeah, uh, we're not going well here. No, this is not going anywhere good. I've had a Facebook account since, since 2004. Um, it had started becoming popular in American colleges in like 2003-ish, I think, something like that. And so in 2004, I got an account. And I don't know, maybe five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I, I didn't delete. I've never deleted the account, even though I probably should. Um, but I... I almost never post. Like I pretty much stopped posting actually probably like 10 years ago. Uh, I'll occasionally, you know, lurk and check on it. I check on it actually probably almost every day to see what, you know, people that I'm not super close with, but I still care about or doing, you know, does that make sense? Like those, those second mm-hmm. or third tier friends that it's not that I don't care about them, but I don't necessarily go out of my way to seek out updates from them. You with me so far? Yeah. Yeah. So so the other day, <laughs> just the other D, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I was fired up as I've been for four years now. And I took notice of an image that was floating around on Twitter. And it was an image of the Republican National Convention speakers. And I don't have it in front of me, 
But suffice it to say, literally half of the speakers at the Republican National Convention were named Trump. So it was Donald and Melania and Tiffany and Don Jr. and Eric, I think, or something like that, like all of these different Trumps, right? And so I put a post up on Facebook saying something to the effect of, this seems pretty friggin' wrong, doesn't it? Like half of the people that are speaking share a surname with the president. That just doesn't seem healthy. Seems slightly biased. Just a little bit. And additionally, only one of them, I thought, I have since been corrected, but I thought only one of them was not white. Like of 12, one person was not white. As it turns out, there are two. Um, one of them, it, it happens to be white presenting, but there were two people that were not white. But And so that was my mistake. But uh, now I'm looking at it. So we've got Trump, uh, I'm sorry, President Trump, Melania Trump, Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Tiffany Trump. That's six Trumps. <laughs> then we've got Pence, yeah. Nikki Haley, who is the, the, I believe it was Nikki Haley that is not white, and that was my mistake. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, Joni Ernst, uh, Christy Nome. And Tim Scott is is unequivocally a, a black man. And so of these 12 people, six of them are Trumps, at least in surname. Two of them are of color, like or, or, or two of them are not white. I, I, I what? Like, how is this OK? How is this mm. OK? And so I posted about that. And a, a dear friend of mine, like, I really love this guy, starts, you know, the what about isms. Well, whoa, 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 what about what about this? What about that? And so because it's not being said verbally, I had the, uh, the option of taking my time to think of a response. And I thought of responses. Well, what, what, what about this? What about that? Okay. I, I, I understand how this is going. And then somebody else, um, actually a relative of mine posted a YouTube video of a different black man, um, something Cameron. He was like the, I think the attorney general of Kentucky, and it's this like six and a half minute speech, which I probably should link in the show notes, but I don't think I'm going to because it's garbage. And he said, you know, this, this relative of mine said, you know, hey, I, I thought that this was an interesting speech. Okay, so I watched this. And this is the problem I have with at least American politics and probably politics globally, but certainly with American mm. politics. I watched this six and a half minute speech. And if you take it completely at face value, it's a pretty good speech. You know, it's, this gentleman said, you know, in so many words, like, I want a good America. I want a good America where people behave themselves. I want a good America where people treat each other nicely. Mm -hmm. I want that kind of America. And like, and, and on the surface, like, sure. Okay. We all do. Yeah, me too. That sounds good. But like, I'm, I'm looking at the response that I put up to, to this link and I'm looking at this and literally... 42 seconds into this speech by a black man, he was talking about and, and lamenting the loss of these statues that have been coming down all over America, mm. especially in Richmond, mind you, where we literally have a road called Monument Avenue that is just littered with statues to the Confederate generals and, and people in the Confederate in the Confederacy. 42 seconds into the six and a half minute speech, this guy is saying, oh, you know, we it's really a shame that we're forgetting history and taking all these statues down and conveniently only mentions uh, like union people or like people that we all can agree are good. Right. He's not talking about the Confederates when he's listing this person and that person and this person and that person conveniently 
he's only enumerating the people that theoretically we can all agree on. You know, like uh, it wasn't literally George Washington, but it's, well, we can't even agree on him. But you know what I mean? Like for the sake of discussion, it was Washington, Lincoln and Jefferson. And as it turns out, all these people are kind of trash in their own way. But you know what I'm getting at? Right. And he doesn't say like Robert E. Lee and all of these like popular Confederate people. He's saying all of the popular people that were not Confederates. And so that and I could go on and on, but 42 seconds into a six and a half minute speech, it's already all like it's all mm. 42 seconds in. And it's just so frustrating because if you don't think critically about it, if you don't step back and say, mm, what's going on here, then you realize that or if, if you don't step back, you think, oh, I like this guy. It sounds good. He's well-spoken. Yeah. He made a good speech. I want a good America. I want a nice America. I want to have money. This is the problem with so much of this stuff on social media is like you watch a thing and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that looks good. Or like, oh, that person looks good. And then some, you know, you find out that, oh, no, wait, they're this terrible individual. So I had this whole thing I wanted to talk about, which we'll talk about. But last night I watched three episodes of John Oliver back to back, which is not a thing that you should do, <laughs> right? Like you shouldn't. <laughs> shouldn't do that and they were showing one of the things like the the sheriff in kenosha right when kenosha is it's wisconsin isn't it i believe that's right yes uh because that's where the the, the shootings happened right mm-hmm. um, it was it was jacob blake wasn't it who got shot um seven times right mm-hmm. so it, that was in kenosha and they sh- john oliver showed like a, a a viral clip of the sheriff of kenosha on his knees during the Black Lives, the original Black Lives Matter protest from a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And that went viral. It was like, oh, look at the, the law enforcement in Kenosha, Wisconsin, are like it's standing with the protesters. Sure, 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 sure. But this is a guy who a couple of years ago was talking about rounding up black people and putting them in warehouses. Oh, like he made a public statement about this how delightful and then is also the sheriff of this law enforcement agency right or like part of the law enforcement in this place where this these terrible things are now happening right and this is this thing about like you see a thing and you're like i agree with that that looks good but all you see is the surface and like there's nothing Mm -hmm. anyone can do about this right and like the idea that Social media networks need to be responsible for the content. It's like it can only go so far. Yeah. Right? Like they can do more to pull down what should be pulled down, but stuff like that, where it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to stop this. The problem now is we have these little propaganda machines in our pockets <laughs> that are showing us this stuff all the time, right? As opposed to walking past the poster. Because People show you what they want you to see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nobody's fault, right? It's like I, I feel like I can only prescribe so much blame to people that have these views, like the people that you're talking to, right? Right. Because they're just seeing stuff, and this stuff is making them think a certain way. Yep. Like there are, of course, lines where I think it's bananas, right? Like just racism lines, right? Like, just like you think that's fundamentally wrong. Like we can agree on fundamentals, but the idea of like, 
oh, you know, like the law enforcement are just trying their best. Like if people just keep seeing videos that are enforcing that, what else are they going to do? You know, it's it's so diff. I find it's this stuff to be so difficult because it's putting this this onus on people to investigate everything that they see. Yeah, and that is un- it's unrealistic, right? To to assume that people can do something like that. Yep, I completely agree with you. And it's 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 two level, right? Like the first level is: are the things you're seeing are they do, do they make sense? Like you know, taking this video that that the relative of mine posted, like yeah, looking just at that video, are the words that this man is saying are they legitimate? You know, are they are they do they make sense? Or is it that when he's saying, "Oh, it's a bummer, we took down all these statues." Well, which statues are you talking about? Curiously, you're only talking about the statues we can agree about. But what statues do you really mean? You probably mean the ones that you're conveniently not mentioning. So there's like that surface level. Are you full of garbage or not? And then on top of that is what you're talking about, which is, is this a like a bite-sized moment, a bite-sized adorable moment from a man or woman who is really kind of a jerk, you know, and how, mm-hmm. God, how can you figure that one out? You know, or is there some like, and look, people can change, right? Like I'm firmly in the belief that people can change. If you don't believe people Agreed. can change, Agreed. then we can't be doing all the things that we're trying to do. Right. Like you have to be able to hold these two beliefs. Like if we feel that protesting, making voices heard will help. You also have to believe that people are capable of change. Yeah. Agreed. However, this individual has a very bad past. And from what I have seen, right? But again, this is just what John Oliver has shown me, which sure. is like, a, it's like a whole other thing, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, I believe it's true. I believe it's all good what he's talking about. But like, there are other people that would say, opposite. it's like so messy. But like, you know, people are capable of change. We've got to allow people the ability to change. But there's still got to be accountability for actions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without, you know, you made a mistake once and now your entire life is over, which is a whole... I do not want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Oh, my God. It's this such program. Is anybody still listening? Probably I'm sorry not. we keep doing this. <laughs> I have more. I have more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have more. No, we, we, but I promise there are good things coming. <laughs> I swear we're going to we be happy. We have lots of good. We have lots of good, but there's difficult stuff still on the way. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most, what it is that you want to get done. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors. And trying to remember the right thing to say. Because when you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste, better than scripts, better than templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things that you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. And if you work in a team like I do, you Text Expander can be uh, shared amongst teams. So you can have the best person write this stuff for you and the entire company can benefit from these paragraphs, from these sentences, from these entire emails that can be created with dropdowns and all that kind of stuff to still keep personalization. All of that is available with Text Expander. You can do that on your own. You can do it with a team. It's really fantastic. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take your time back and increase your productivity. 
Analog listeners get 20% off their first year. Go to TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about TextExpander right now. A thanks to TextExpander for their support of this show and Relay FM. So after having watched three episodes of John Oliver back-to-back last night, I kind of came to a realization, which I think is a thing that I've been that's been around in my brain for a while, but it's like finally crystallized. And like, please bear with me here, right? Like, don't open Twitter and start tweeting at me immediately to tell me how much you hate me. Just let me get through this first, and then you can tell me if you still feel the need to do that. To be clear, are you talking only to me or to everyone? (laughs) Everyone. Everyone. I have come to the realization that I do not want to live in America. Jeez, why? So, look... (laughs) I do not want to live in the America that has been shown to exist right now. No, absolutely. This is nothing on American people. It's nothing on American culture, right? But the situation right now seems to indicate that there are systemic problems there. We have them. Every country has them, right? Like, so this is what I'm going to say is like, if I lived in Spain, I would not want to move to the UK right now. Right. <laughs> because we have our own set of issues. But my the point that I'm driving at is like, I don't foresee moving to America because there are just some core things that are going on that I don't believe in. And I don't want to be part of my own like national values. And I don't see them changing like gun stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the ability for a 17 year old to be walking around with an assault rifle and that is legal. I can't, I'm sorry. Right. Like I can't reconcile that. Right. Like let alone the fact that he then went on to kill people, but the fact that this kid can walk down the street, right. With a gun strapped to him. Like if that happened here, it would be like, you know, everyone would lose their minds, right? Like, it would be dealt with very differently. Now, this is what I'm saying, is like, there are issues here, right? Like, the UK has its own systemic racism issues, right? That are now, of course, right, like every other country in the world, rightly so, like, people are trying to force change on this. But the point that I'm just trying to make is, whilst I have believed for maybe the last 15 years that I want to live in America, I don't want to... I've For now that idea is not something that that I want to pursue. Like, I love America. I love American culture. I love American people. I love, I love what the country at its core believes in. But unfortunately, those core beliefs have been twisted too far. And at the moment, like, the extremes are too extreme. You know what it is, is... I, and this is not a well-matured uh, thought. I'm, I'm talking off the tip of my tongue here, but... I think that America's core beliefs are fundamentally broken, but it's our aspirations that are not. And that's a very thin line. But yeah, if, if you look around where I'm sitting, we clearly value white people over any other kind of person. We value money over any other kind of attribute. Well, personal money over social care. Right, right, right. right. Yes, right. And... And I think that if you look at the way your average American acts, and I'm sure I'm guilty of some of this as well. I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm you know, without fault here. But if you look at the way, or, or America as a whole, maybe is a better way of phrasing it. If you look at the way America as a whole acts, 
we act as though white people are better than everyone else and only certain groups are worthy of help. But, but, and this is the only thing that gives me hope these days, I think we aspire, some of us anyway, we aspire that everyone would be equal. We aspire that everyone gets help. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't make your thoughts and conclusions wrong in any way, shape or form. And as the chat is, all the Americans in the chat are saying, you know what, Mike, you're right. And I kind of wish we could leave too. Um, and I've had many thoughts like that. Like, could I, or would I, or should I take the family and go somewhere else? And for reasons that are uninteresting and private, I've concluded no, but I've had those thoughts many, many, mm. many times. I, I, I thoroughly believe that the good in America can help make change. But like, just as it stands right now, it's just not on the table for me. And one of the reasons I'm thinking about it is because I'm considering leaving this country. Yeah. Right? Like, we're all not paying attention, but Brexit is happening in a few months' time. Right? We're talking about we've got two or three episodes till the election. We have four or five until my country is out on its own with no deals. Right? Like... Mm -hmm. We are going to be like basically cut off and pushed out into the ocean. And so, like, you know, that's going to be what it's going to be. And, and as I've said it many times on this show, and I stand by this statement, I hate what's happening, but it's political. And it feels within the realm of politics, bad politics, but politics. I think a lot of the bad things that are happening in America right now and have been happening over the last four years are outside of the realms of typical political issues. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the politics have gotten out of control because you do not have a politician running your country. You have a failed businessman and bad TV presenter running your country, right? Yep. And we have a bad politician, but he's still a politician. So the things that are happening are bad politics. But like, look, you know, I want to see how it goes here, right? Like, I'm not writing it off completely. I don't agree with us doing this, leaving the European Union. I really don't agree with it. But I still think that there's a possibility that we can make it work somehow, right? Maybe. I don't know. But this is why, you know, like I would say... If you lived somewhere else in the world, you wouldn't move here. That would be a silly thing to do. But we are considering moving into Europe. Do you have any specific thoughts or would you rather that, that you're willing to share? Let me put it that way. I mean, I love Copenhagen, right? Like, I love Copenhagen. Uh, but that is an expensive place to live for good reasons. But like we would, you know, they have very high taxes and they, their social care is incredible because of it. But it might be a place for us. I don't know. I haven't looked enough, you know. Um, I'm still considering a move in the UK in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, we, we are at where we are for at least another 18 months, I think, um, before we would, like, because basically our mortgage is like you, you get the rate fixed for five years. Mm-hmm. And then you can renegotiate after that. But if you want to break the mortgage, you pay a fee. So we're just not going to do that. We'll wait till the five years is up. And then we're going to decide, like, do we stay here? Do we go? Where do we go? We don't know yet, right? And the good thing is, if you call it that, like, by that point, I think we'll have a much clearer picture of of what life will be like. Sure. Um, I mean, personally, for me anyway, like, 
if we stay in the UK, I'm thinking we'll probably move further away from central London because we've lived without central London for the best part of a year and it's been fine. Oh, yeah, fair point. Right? Fair point. <laughs> so, I don't know. And then, because, you know, we but the, the, the proximity to London means that you get a smaller home, mm-hmm. right? Because it just becomes much more expensive. Sure. So we're not sure where yet. I mean, I have some ideas in mind, but I don't want to talk about them right now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, and like basically, if we stay in the UK, we'll probably move further away from London. If we don't stay in the UK, I cannot imagine that we will be moving. But basically, like, Adina's not going to have it. Like, she she's always been suspect of moving to America anyway. Um, and... I completely understand from her perspective that even if I somehow changed my mind, she wouldn't want to because for the, all of the reasons that I've mentioned, you know, it just, there, there is just so many things right now that just don't jive with my way of thinking. And I'm sure do not jive with the thinking of the majority of our listeners, right? Like you all want to change something. And and kind of my thinking is you just wouldn't like, purposefully walk into that yeah you know mm-hmm. so would you i have to ask would you consider romania yeah i mean no actually mm, yes and no i mean like <laughs> there are political problems in romania that are like ingrained like bribery and corruption and stuff uh, yes mm-hmm. so i kind of whilst i enjoy uh spending time in bucharest if we're saying that politics is a thing that would keep us away, I I don't I don't think that the politics of Romania would be acceptable to us. You know what's hard for me is that I don't think I would have the gumption to move somewhere that doesn't speak English as the primary language. And so Oh, that's for sure. And yeah. so that's dramatically limiting any options I think I may have. The great thing about a lot of places in Europe, if you move to the cities, like I would be able to get on and I would endeavor to learn a little bit of the language fast, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I could at least exchange pleasantries. And if we decided we were going to stay there and it was, you know, we thought it was important, then I would learn. But like a lot, yeah, when we were in Copenhagen, we were totally fine, right? Like everybody spoke English. So, you know, I've, um, I don't remember if I've told the story on the show or not, but when I was in, in my second job, I was still just a couple of years out of college. Um, for random reasons, I had to do an extremely short strip, a short trip to Helsinki. And this was in April when it was still bitterly cold, but leaving aside the bitter cold, which I don't really want to sign up for my experience in Helsinki was very good. And my understanding of the Finnish people and what they prioritize is also extremely flattering. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that Finland is without problems. I haven't gotten to the point that I've ever really seriously looked into it, but <laughs> certainly it seems like Finland, from what little I know, has their heads on straight. Like, you know, they they value work-life balance. They value teachers, which is something I, I is near, to dear, near and dear to my heart. Like, uh, it, leaving aside the fact that I don't know if I could ever learn Finnish in my entire life, that sounds like a pretty decent, that and the fact that it's bitterly cold for six months of the year or whatever. Um, but uh, it seems like an appealing spot, leaving all those major downsides aside. I don't know. I don't blame you though. I really don't blame you. I mean, like I said earlier, I, I 
kind of want to leave. And I, I'm not sure if um, the 17 year old had the gun legally or not. Like, I, I'm not I, I don't know. I thought it might have been illegally acquired. But the fact that a 17 year old can end up with a what like an assault rifle, I don't even I don't care what it's classified and qualified as, but whatever, a big friggin gun. Like the fact that a 17 year old can end up with a big friggin gun, legal or otherwise, that seems to be to me to be a pretty darn big problem. That's just a big problem. I don't care if it's legal, illegal or otherwise. It's a problem. And gun culture is one of about 85 different things that I think is absolutely preposterously wrong about our country. And and I'm doing what I what little I can to try to influence and affect change. But I'm just one guy. I'm one guy who does have a microphone, but I'm one guy. And the people I'm talking to, I think, for the most part, as you said, probably agree with me. And, mm. you know, the, the, sick, the sick thing that occurred to me only but a couple of weeks ago is that in a week as we record this, actually a week from today as we record this, Declan is starting kindergarten. And he's doing it virtually. And that's late starting. And the utterly disgusting, sick thing that occurred to me was, well, at least he's not going to school where his safety is in question. That's one good thing coming out of COVID. Mm. Like, how messed up is that? I can't believe you could even think about that. Right, but how, like, how messed up is that? Like, that's so utterly wrong. And I could go on for 14 hours about how wrong gun culture is in America, but we don't have the time for that. <sighs> I don't know. Is anything good coming of this ever in any way? I hope, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like 2020 has been so extreme that it will break. Like this we're going through all of this now. I assume my well, at least I can only feel comfortable in expecting things will change because they have to change. Yeah. And like it's not going to fix everything, but like you, I I believe right now that we are at the top of a hill, right? Like we've been mm-hmm. going up mm-hmm. this hill for the for many years. You know, for some people it's been forever, right? And for other people it's been five or six years they've been going up this hill, and it can't keep getting worse. And so I my I only feel like it can get better. We start going back down that hill again. Yeah. Um, you can call it a valley if you want, you know, whichever one you feel more comfortable with in your imagination. But like, I, I just feel like things will be forced to change. There is history that shows this, right? You know, yeah. like that things get so bad that the people will it to change. And I feel like that will happen. Um, you know, even if the politics don't go the way you want them to, the protests will continue, you know, and and people. I just feel like it's got it has to, right? Like I just feel like there has to be a good outcome from all of the terrible things that are happening. If you don't believe that or can't believe that, I, I just feel like it really messes up you, you the way you think about humanity, right? And and I understand that there are a lot of people that can only see darkness in this, right? Because they've seen it for so long. But I choose to believe that things will get better, but at the same time, willing to accept that if they don't, I'll keep trying to find ways to do more. And you were saying about like we're talking to people that are 
mostly believing what we're saying, right? They're going along with us. I think that's perfectly fine. You know, we're doing what we can, spreading our message in the hope that, and like talking openly about these things in the hope that people hear what we say and also do the same, right? In their lives, in their communities, right? Yep. This is what we have the ability to do. And it's why I keep wanting to talk about it where I can. Yeah, I completely agree. Because it's important, you know, like I feel like, I feel like 2020 has woken me up politically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like where I feel like I had spent the majority of my adult life actively trying to avoid stuff. Uh, and, but I feel like I can't, or at least I won't allow myself to re- ignore now. Like I'm paying attention more than I ever have because, you know, what else are you going to do? I still prescribe to moderation for this. You know, I don't like doom scrolling. I, I don't <laughs> read the news persistently and constantly but I allow for and I'm, I'm bringing more sources into my life, but I don't want to make it all I do. And I know that, you know, that can be a thing that people, you know, so like basically I'm trying to find a balance between what I used to do and what I had been doing in like April, May time where it was just too, I was taking in too much. But now I'm like continuing to remain informed uh, but in a way that feels comfortable to me, but it's more than I used to. And that's kind of the biggest kind of change for me, I think, in 2020, is that like I I pay so much more attention to the stuff than I used to, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I mean, me grandstanding on Facebook to, you know, friends and, and families that... No, but it's good though, because it's not something you would have done before. No, it's not. It absolutely is not. That's the difference, right? Like small changes, they add up to bigger change and just being comfortable saying to someone, someone in your life, no, I don't agree with you and this is why, rather than just shrugging it off, like yeah. that's... That's a change. It's a positive movement. I don't know. It's uh, in so many ways. I wonder if all of this is shouting into the void, but I hope not. I don't know. I just, I I don't know what to do to make it better. And this is where everyone's starting to take to the keyboards and say, well, you should do this, 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 and this. But I also, and, and this is a cop out and I'll be the first to tell you, but I also have responsibilities to three other people in particular in my life that need me to not be completely and utterly consumed by trying to fix an mm-hmm. entire country all by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying, as you said, I'm trying to find a balance between not giving a crap and doing nothing, which I had the luxury and privilege of doing for so much of my life and going completely overboard and getting completely enveloped by it. And, yeah, and I don't know, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. And you know, I think this is the end of the sad stuff for this episode, and I am sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Like, sorry, not sorry. I, I, I value very much that, Mike, you and I can talk about this, and if any of you have stuck with this and not skipped past, well, I'm not sure. Maybe you should have skipped past, but either way, I'm so thankful. No, you know what, but... Casey? No. No? You shouldn't skip past. It's the whole point, right? Yeah. No, you're right. Like, I understand, like, 
trying to, like I was just talking about it, right? You've got to limit it in your life. But if you come to this episode and you're like, I can't do this right now, I, I want to skip it, just pause the, you know, like you're coming to these topics, pause it and come back when you're ready. Yeah. But yeah, listen yeah. to what we have to say because you can agree with us or not agree with us, but you've got to listen to people, right? Like, there's a reason we're talking about these things. And if if you can't face the reason, like you might have to think about that a little more, right? Oh, well like why will you not listen to it? Are you do you disagree? Okay, why do you disagree, right? Like think critically. Like if the reason you don't want to listen is because it's too upsetting, I understand that too. Maybe give it a go again later. And if you really can't, okay. But don't just skip because you're like, oh, politics. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Well put. That's the whole point. Well put. I echo what you said. Take back everything I said. <laughs> just what Mike said. He he's got he's got the ticket. I understand look I understand why you said it, because people are much more sensitive to words now. Yeah, people than are fragile. People are yeah. very fragile. Understandably, right? And we have both spent the last five or six years trying to be better at being inclusive in every possible way, right? In pronouns, in uh, triggering uh, topics and mm. trying to like be upfront about those first and also in trying to like couch things in the way that you just did, right? Where, you know, like trying to not say something which could be upsetting or offensive to somebody. Right. Because you don't want to upset and offend people. Yeah. But we also have to think about like there are there have to be exclusions to that. This is one of them. We're talking about this stuff because we believe it's important, right? And whilst it might be upsetting sometimes to enact change, to feel politicized, to feel engaged. You have to accept some of this upsetting stuff. That's what started to change my feelings, my opinions. It was seeing what was happening during the the initial swell this year of Black Lives Matter protests. That was what sent something in my brain to realize this is so fundamentally wrong. Yeah, But I had to be upset to experience it, to be put in the position of feeling like I need to use my voice and my position in the world to make change. Yeah. And I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done so far. I know that you can't just stand still and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And that even comes down to like questioning yourself and your own opinions your own history the things you have done in your past and saying was this right did i w do this correctly because times changed right I, that's how i started this little monologue here <laughs> times have changed and like words mean different things sentiment means different things so it means that your past was judged under the you know the rules of the time but those rules were probably wrong definitely wrong in some instances based on what we believe today which by and large we believe to be the right way that you handle yourself in society yeah so think like why did you 
act like that? Why did you think like that? What made you, what about society put you to say the thing that you said? And use that as a way to inform where you want to go from here. You have to blame yourself. You don't have to get angry and upset at yourself, right? Don't cancel yourself. But think about, like, could I have been different? Should I be different now? And that's kind of where I am in my life. It's where my journey over the last six months, right? Like, I have never wanted to talk about things like this in the past. But now I use my platform to amplify messages that I think are important. Even though a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about isn't even happening in a country that I live in. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because we're a global society, right? Yep. I agree. Tell me something that makes you super happy. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. You can get a unique domain name, award-winning templates, or more to let your ideas, your work shine. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. You don't have to install anything or patch anything or upgrade anything. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it covered for you. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. If you need any help, Squarespace has people on hand to make sure that you get your website to exactly what you want it to be. They have beautiful templates you can customize. You have lots of different options you can choose. You can change the fonts, change the colors, change the layouts. But you're starting with a base, which is absolutely beautiful. Or you can just say, I want that template, and you're done. And you know what? You'll be great because they all look fantastic. It has all the functionality you're going to want, no matter what type of website you want to make. Whether you want to make a blog or a store or anything in between, Squarespace has the tools. Go check it out for yourself right now. Sign up for a free trial. Don't even need to give them your credit card. Go to squarespace.com analog. You can try it out. You can build your entire website. And then when you're ready to launch it to the world, use the code analog at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. That is squarespace.com analog and the code analog for 10% off your first purchase. So thanks to Squarespace for their support of Analog and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Oh, I'm exhausted. I know. Seriously. Can I, not to exhaust you more, but can I tell you about something I'm really excited about? Yeah, you'd say something because I'm tired. (laughs) You know, um, I have had the unbelievable luck and privilege of not having an unfair amount of hardships in my life. And in fact, I might have had an unfair lack of hardships in my life, but I've been lucky enough um, to become pretty close with a mutual friend of ours by the name of Stephen Hackett. And his family had a hardship and to some degree still does, but had a hardship uh, when their eldest son was super duper young, was still an infant and was diagnosed with a form of childhood cancer. And they had the unbelievable luck though, of happening to live in Memphis, Tennessee, where an unbelievable, unbelievable group of individuals and, and organization happens to be located and that organization is St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And as I got to know Stephen more and more, and this was discussed on, God, I always forget the episode number. I think it was five of this five. very program. Yeah, okay. On episode five of this the very program. The mythical episode. The mythical episode. If you, All kidding aside, if you've not heard it, listener, dear listener, you should. Also not the happiest episode, but it is without hyperbole one of the things I am most proud of putting on the internet in my entire career. Um and anyways, uh, you know, the, the Hackett family has received an immeasurable and um, just unbelievable gift from St. Jude, which is they saved their son's life. 
And as a thanks to them and as a thanks for that, uh, Stephen and Mike, particularly, but all of Relay, have been over the last several years treating September as something special because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And since I can remember, I don't know if it was the very first year of Relay, but certainly since I can remember, Relay has always done a bit of a drive to try to raise money. So September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And Stephen, for many, many, many years on his blog at Fire Pixels, would highlight it and would put like a banner on the website and stuff and try and raise money. And then we started talking about it uh, on Connected as like, it is, you know, every week throughout September, we would mention it and, and suggest that people go and donate. And the money at that point was going into a fund for a marathon that St. Jude did. So it, there was like a, a marathon during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And we would basically funnel people to the, the Hackett family's kind of donation page. You know, like how you sponsor someone to do a run, right? Yep, yep. yep we were recommending that all of our listeners go and donate there. And over time that expanded out to the kind of wider audience that, that relay sits in now, you know, of like shows like ATP and, and many wonderful uh, tech publications um, would uh, also suggest that their audiences went and donated. And then, Last year, we partnered officially with St. Jude for the first time um, to become their first podcast partner to help raise money during uh, September. Yep. And so last year, when things were still quote unquote normal, you went to Memphis and you and Stephen hosted a delightful podcast-a-thon, uh, the very mm -hmm. first one that, that we were aware of, I think, where you spent a whole bunch of time live trying to raise money six hours six hours trying to raise money for saint jude and doing a whole bunch of funny and ridiculous and, and occasionally kitschy things and it was a lot of fun to watch and i didn't really participate in it at all but it was still fun and it was really delightful and has been since forever really delightful to be at least obliquely weren't you in the family feud video no you weren't but you were mentioned in the family feud game correct that was yeah um, so, you know, it's been fun to be at least obliquely a part of, if not, you know, legitimately a part of raising all of this money for St. Jude, because I could... No, 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 no. I want to make sure you get the credit you deserve. The, the focus that you and that your co-hosts on ATP, Marco and John, put on this campaign to your audience raises a significant amount of money for the fund that we put that like for everything that goes together. So you do deserve credit. Don't be like, <laughs> Oh, I'm kind of like tangent. No. You, and also as well, when you're talking about it on, on ATP, you are always the one that leads that conversation and you do an incredible job with it. So you deserve to be thanked and to have, uh, that mentioned publicly, like what you all do and what everybody does in our community is a, is a massive part of this. It's why it's, it's bigger than just us, me and Steven, right? Like we're doing the podcast a thon, but it's not just us, right? Like mm -hmm. ev there are so many people that are getting the message out 
so we can raise like what we raised last year. Like we had a goal. I think our goal was like seventy five grand, and we raised three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> right, is so cool. Like that is what our community is capable of, which is why you know like this is a very long lead up, and I'm spoiling Casey's uh, lead up here, but <laughs> why we, we, we're you know basically what I'm saying, what we're calling is we're doing it again. We want to raise $315,000. September is just beginning, and we've raised, as of this recording, $36,914, which is absolutely stupendous. And we are leveling up, effectively, everything about the drive this year, right? We have a far superior donation page that includes Apple Pay. Yes, nerds, you can use Apple Pay, right? <laughs> we heard that a lot last time, but we're using a different system now. Like We have milestones, which we didn't have before. So when we raise certain amounts of money, me and Steven are doing silly things on streams. We've already done a few of them, and there's more to come. And there's more that's going to be added in. Uh, we have one milestone which I'm really scared about, which is when we when we get to one hundred and eighty four thousand six hundred and seventy dollars and forty four cents, we will have raised half a million dollars in total for St Jude over the last two years. Oh, that's so awesome! When we get to that number, the plan is we want to hit that live on a stream, ah, and okay. I am convinced that that is going to occur at like. Four o'clock in the morning for me. <laughs> but like that's when we're getting to that, the plan is whoever's awake, we're getting on a stream. Yeah. Right. But like I'm convinced that it's gonna be me that needs to be woken up at a stupid hour. But like so we're doing lots of things leading up to September 18th. September 18th, say that correctly. The 18th of September from 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Podcastathon 2, baby. It's happening. Twitch.tv slash RelayFM. We're doing it. We're going to do it. And it's going to be amazing. We're doing another six hours. Everything's going to be remote. But we're this one is going to be bigger and better. Like, we have, we have worked longer and harder. We started preparations for this in February. Oh, my word. So, like, it was kind of funny because... We were obviously expecting to do something that's very different. But like really the only difference about the podcastathon is that me and Steven aren't together, which isn't as big a difference as you might expect, because everybody that was we had so many people calling in last time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That we're just leaning on that, right? He's gonna be where he is, I'm gonna be where I am. And the fact that we're going to be in those different physical spaces is allowing for us to do some I'm going to say quite ambitious things. <laughs> so, you know, like we, we luckily, right? Like I say, like luckily the pandemic happened a long enough time away that we have been able to do the majority of planning under the notion that we would not be together. Right. Right. But um, can I do a, a quick spiel for why people should donate? Oh, please. So this September, join Relay FM in support of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. During September, in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, worldwide, more than 90% of children with cancer live in low- and middle-income countries, many lacking access to adequate diagnosis and treatment, causing many of them to die before reaching adulthood. You can help St. Jude continue to provide care to kids all over the globe by donating today at stjude.org slash relay. That is stjude.org slash relay. And I want to give a little context to this message. So there are two things that are important here. One, St. Jude doesn't just treat kids that are lucky enough to live in Memphis, Tennessee. 
there are people from all over the world that go to St. Jude because St. Jude wants to treat people from all over the world because they are a research hospital. They learn from the treatment and the things that they learn, they share with the world. They publish their research and they publish it for free. You have to pay right they don't they don't give this research to the highest bidder they don't give this research to the pharmaceutical company that's going to give them the most money this is what makes this such a magical place like somewhere that means so much to me because not only did they save a person who i consider a family member of my own right they help so many people and during the podcast-a-thon, like last year, you're going to hear some of those messages. One of the things that we've been doing is pre-recording some of those interviews, right? Because that's something that we're going to be able that we've been able to do. And some of the messages that I've heard already, like it's hard to keep it together when you're talking through some of this stuff, right? And I'm really excited to be able to share these stories as well as all of the ridiculous things that we're going to be doing all throughout September. So this means so much to us. Like, you know, like it's such a big event on our calendar every year now, and it's going to continue to be. And, you know, like I believe in our community, right? Like trying to raise $300,000 at any time is difficult, right? To do it again at any time is difficult. And like, and I know that like, it's, much more of an ask now than it was last year. But I have complete faith in our community that we can do this because institutions like St. Jude, they still need this, right? Like they need it now. It doesn't go to change. It doesn't change. Things don't go away because there's other important things in the world, right? Like, we need to do this because there are children that need this help and the money that we raise makes a big difference. So yeah. I am calling upon you all to donate <laughs> what you can. Yeah. I'm really excited for this month and for the podcast-a-thon in particular. Um, last I'd heard, I'm making some sort of appearance on the podcast-a-thon this year. I don't know what. We are rectifying the horrific mistake of not having Casey List in podcast-a-thon one by giving you your own segment. You are one of the few that will be called in and you will have your own segment, the Casey time. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm getting nervous. But uh, but no, I'm very excited. We don't know what we're going to do with you yet, but we're going to do something. <laughs> Title. I don't know how to appropriately express how proud I am of the hosts, but most especially the community for coming together and doing this every September. And like Mike said, I know that this is not really the time to be asking people to give money, especially since both of us have been asking for membership money recently. And I am aware of that. And I do understand that. But mm -hmm. if there is any extra money you can give, it doesn't have to be a zillion dollars. It doesn't have to be a hundred dollars. Ten dollars makes a difference. And so if there's any money you can give, uh, I, I couldn't encourage it enough. Stjude.org slash relay. And um, if you happen to be an ATP listener, uh, breaking news, doot, 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 doot. Um, I think there's going to be uh, something special going on on ATP tomorrow, and I'm going to leave it at that. So um, you might want to check that out, too. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's it for now. So, Mike, Mike, tell me, what else is great these days other than St. Jude? All right. So one last time, stjude.org slash relay. That's where you can go to donate. Um, 
and keep an eye on that page there's always stuff being added to it like new things right when we hit certain donation levels doing different streams putting out different content uh me and steven are continuing to do wild challenges um so one that we are start that will has started as of the day of recording is I believe for every donation of $250, a googly eye will be placed on something in both of our offices. <laughs> so every time somebody donates, you know, every time we go up by $250, another googly eye will find its way into our studios, uh, both for me, home, and so mega office and mega studio. Uh, there will be googly eyes uh, <laughs> going on things. So if you want to see... St- stupid pictures of googly eyes just go give some money and i will tell you right now we're both planning bananas ways to increase this thinking in the week of the podcastathon so that's some of the ambitious stuff that we've got going on um you know this is what we do uh during this period of time is we make our lives a little bit more difficult to encourage you to give money (laughs) right that's what this is all about for me and steven This episode of Analog is brought to you by ExpressVPN. There are so many VPN providers out there, and you've probably heard of a couple of them, and some of you may have even used a VPN before. But there's a reason that I use ExpressVPN and why we have them as a sponsor on this show. They're really good. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Other VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. Second is speed. Many VPNs slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for ages now. My internet speeds are super fast when I use it. Even when I connect to a server thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. You don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, click a button, and you're connected. It's so easy that even your grandparents could use it. And it's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. I have used ExpressVPN for years now. Whenever I need to connect when I'm on Wi-Fi that I'm uncomfortable with, I can turn it on, easy to go. And if I ever want to connect to say that I'm from somewhere that I'm not, if I want to get around some kind of restriction, I can do that too. I can say like, oh, hey, I'm in California right now. And then I can read the article that I've been looking for. So, protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog today and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash analog. Go there right now, check it out, expressvpn.com slash analog to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. So speaking of trying to turn our frowns upside down, let's talk about some recommendations. Uh, For me, I had been shown a clip of this TV show, shoot, like two or three years ago. And I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes, but it's a clip. It's like an an intro, like an opening um, scene of a TV show called Letterkenny, all one word. And I thought it was funny, but... Nothing about it really made me think, oh, yeah, I need that in my life. Well, for one reason or another, I think it's because I want to say it was Merlin or maybe it was Jason Snell, but I think it was Merlin kept going on and on and on about how great Letterkenny is. They both were, but Merlin, I think, especially. Okay. So we we decided on our beach trip in June when we moved our quarantine elsewhere 
we decided to start watching both The Office and Letterkenny. And um, please don't cancel me, but The Office is trash. And oh, and Letterkenny and Letterkenny is actually funny, which is great. Oh my god! Oh my god, KC. It, we can argue. Forget about this. everything I said earlier. <laughs> You're canceled. <laughs> Dude, The Office does not age well. It doesn't. It just does not age well. I've watched it. It, it does age well. You oh. know, maybe it ages well if you've already seen. See, it. See, that's the problem. And I, in the, so, so similarly, possibly. I will defend Scrubs until my dying day, but I bet you if I came into it fresh... Oh my God, don't even come at me with this. No, but listen to me. I think if I came to Scrubs fresh in 2020, I don't think I would find it as funny. There is no way that that show works now. I've seen Scrubs in the last couple of years, but again, I watched Scrubs way early on. So I I have the nostalgia for Scrubs that I do not for The Office, and I have the nostalgia for Scrubs that the rest of the universe has for The Office. And so for me, Scrubs is still hilarious. But coming to The Office in 2020, where being racist and sexist and gross is not as funny as it once was, it's it's tough for me. But we're not... We're, this is recommendations, But the character is supposed to be bad, right? Yeah, but, like, the Michael Scott character... In those situations, you are supposed to not agree with him. They never position it in a way that he is doing the right thing. I know, but uh, it's just so it's so cringe. I get that idea that sometimes you watch a thing where even though the intentions may have been good then or still like work now, it's like I can't I can't reconcile this. Right. Like I get it. Right. That's the thing. And I think that everyone who has seen The Office since before all of the you know last couple of years they they can look past it in the same way for scrubs i can look past it whereas if you had never right. seen scrubs and just came to scrubs today i bet you would say it's not funny and it's trash mm. anyway do you listen to the scrubs no rewatch i did not listen to the scrubs rewatch podcast because i'm so far behind on the podcasts that i already listened to that i don't have time for it but i bet it's pretty good even though i think well i just imagine you would love it right oh i'm sure i would even though I think Jack Braff, Zach Braff is probably a world-class jerk, I still think that podcast Why? is pretty good. He seems like a nice guy. Do you uh, know something I don't? I used to follow him on Twitter, and he seemed like a jerk. And um, mm. and maybe I'm judging unfairly based on, uh, do you remember the Aston Kutcher show, Punked? Yeah. So it was this like practical joke show, and they had some kid like spray paint Zach Braff's Porsche or something like that, but it was like washable spray paint. Of course, Zach doesn't know this at the time, but like spray paint is Porsche. And the way he treated this kid was just like, well, but Casey, I mean, I, I, <laughs> if, if there's anyone who should understand this, it's me, but Oh God, it was so gross. And other, it's not just that, but other things I've seen. You can't judge a guy based on how he reacted when his very expensive car got spray painted by a punk kid, but it was a kid. I don't know. I don't know. And again, I'd probably do the same thing and I shouldn't throw stones, but okay. We're getting so, we're getting so sidetracked. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can judge him based on how we reacted during punk. Well, that's true, but I, it's not just that. It's just, that's the thing that stands out the most. But anyway, okay. okay. We, uh, I have gotten us on such a tangent. We're on the tangent of the tangent of the tangent of the tangent now. So let me bring it back around. Have you heard the good word about Letterkenny, which is hilarious. <laughs> we weren't even talking about the show. We are just talking about scrubs for 10 minutes. I know. I'm sorry. Um, all right, so Letterkenny is a Canadian TV show about several different cliques in this like rural Canadian town called Letterkenny. I can't put my finger on what specifically makes this show so hilarious to me, hmm. but 
I adore it. And I can't, I don't know if I would go so far as to say the humor is the same as like Schitt's Creek, which is the only like uniquely Canadian thing that I, that I have to compare to, but it is hilarious. The stakes are very low, like nothing really truly bad happens, but there's enough stakes that you actually care about what happens. Um, I just, I cannot recommend it enough where Hmm. it took me until like the third or fourth season of the office to go from, this is not funny to, Oh, that was kind of funny. It took me from the third or fourth minute of Letterkenny of the first episode of Letterkenny for me to be like, Oh my God, this show is hilarious. So I, I strongly, all right. I feel like I should probably put this one on my list. Yeah, I think you've got to give it, I think you should give it a couple of episodes, but for me anyway, I was hooked almost immediately. How do I even watch it? Where is it? You might. I'm sure you have it on your plex like every other movie, TV show that has ever been created by humans. Uh, So it's on, it's originally airing on something that I didn't even know existed called Crave TV, which I think is a Canadian streaming service, but I believe it is also on Hulu. I'm not confident well, i don't have access to any of these you have access services. to my plaques that's all you need i know but look it's not <laughs> it's not easy to watch things from your plaques sometimes i've had issues right trying to like watch stuff we'll talk about that another time your little mac mini can't handle it uh, don't don't do this the to old me. computer could uh, don't do this the mac to me. mini can't handle it don't do this to me because next thing you know i'm gonna buy a new damn mac mini but <laughs> when it was on the synology it was fine this is genuine when you moved to the mac mini it didn't work for me anymore no the problem was it was on my it was on my imac pro and then it went to the mac mini and i guess that wasn't as good for you all right but anyway letter kenny very very it's a dumb humor like it's not i wouldn't say it's highbrow humor but it, it, it's funny and i love it and i do recommend it what do you have high score it's a documentary series on netflix we just watched through the whole thing is it, good? it is absolutely excellent oh good um like just i was surprised at just how good it was like i was expecting it to be good you know like i've watched uh i think they were trying to emulate uh a little bit the the like toys that made us movies that made us type of idea of like can we make something that appeals to people in these genres it's a six episode series the episodes range from like 30 minutes to an hour and they basically tackle a different part of the history of video games Mm. coming from different angles you know like from talking about like pac-man and arcade machines to consoles to there's an episode about sega which is really good and there's also like it it follows different types of stories so like not just talking about like the executives at sega or the executives at nintendo also like these kids who won competitions and how it changed their lives it is put together so well it's shot so beautifully the animations that they have created for this show are outstanding. This is like honestly one of the best things I have seen Netflix produce. Like as a total package living up to what it's supposed to be, they nailed it on every front. One of my favorite Easter eggs about this show is it is narrated by Charles Martineau. I don't know that name. Who is the voice of Mario. Oh, nice. But he never lets you know like i That's knew because awesome. i saw his name narrated by charles martineau 
I know that's Mario, but he never lets on during the narration that he's Mario, as well as many other video game voices, but Mario is the one that he's the most uh, known for. But yeah, if you have even a passing interest in video games, this is a fantastic documentary series. That is excellent. I can't wait to see it. Um, this seems like it's directly in my wheelhouse, and um, and I really am looking forward to watching it. I am glad that you brought it up because I hadn't... I hadn't heard anything about it other than, oh, this looks like it'll be good. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be absolutely excellent. I saw it and was like, oh, I'll get to that at some point. And then I saw someone, I don't remember who it was, tweeting about it and being like, this is so much better than it has any right to be. Right? Like, the way they treat the people, the way they treat video gaming in general, and, like, the production levels, it's so much better than you would expect and so that was why i was like oh i saw that and was like mm, all right then and was and i agree on every front like it is so much better than it has than you would ever expect it to be so really recommend it oh that's awesome i definitely will be checking that out 